What on earth happened at your local polling station this week? A huge yes on keeping the buses rolling, but an online sales tax in Jackson County goes down in flames. What message are voters sending, and should John Sherman be worried as he tees up a stadium vote next year? Plus, massive wins for Democrats in so-called non-partisan elections on the Kansas side. Has Johnson County finally flipped from red to blue? Those stories and the rest of the week's news straight ahead. Week in Review is made possible through the generous support of AARP Kansas City, RSM, Dave and Jamie Cummings, Bob and Marlise Gorley, the Courtney S. Turner Charitable Trust, John H. Mize and Bank of America N.A. Co-Trustees, The Restaurant at 1900, and by viewers like you. Thank you. Hello and welcome, I'm Nick Haynes. Are you ready to dissect the week's top local news stories? Tracking our most impactful, confusing and befuddling local headlines are former Kansas City Star reporter and editorial writer Dave Helling. Also on the Week in Review bus this week from Talk Radio 95.7 FM KCMO, Pete Mundo. From the Shawnee Mission Post, Kyle Palmer. And from the Kansas City PBS newsroom, Flatland KC, Mary Sanchez. Now, many of us headed to the polls this week to vote in local elections on both sides of state line. There were puzzling results and some that have left us scratching our heads. Let's start in Kansas, where in what was supposed to be a non-partisan election, pretty much every candidate endorsed by the Johnson County Democratic Party won big from school board races, city council, right down to members of the Water District Board and trustee races for Johnson County Community College. And remember, this is a county in which Republicans have traditionally dominated. So why was it Democrats breaking open the champagne on Tuesday night and Republicans drowning their sorrows, Pete? Well, it's uh, always a few reasons. It's never as black and white as we want to make it out to be. But uh, the trend line has been as such based on what we've seen in recent election cycles. And also ground game matters, money matters, and uh, candidate quality matters. And who's in charge of these elections matter in terms of who your county chair is, who that uh, those candidates are. So it's all those things wrapped into one, and it turned into a very, very good night for Johnson County Democrats. We always should be mindful of saying, beware of the single explanation to understand human behavior, Kyle. But can you help us understand how that happened? Well, as Pete said, I mean, this is a trend that's been going on in Johnson County for several years now, dating back to when Laura Kelly won the county in 2018. Joe Biden took it for Democrats in 2020 for the first time in living memory. So this shouldn't have necessarily been a surprise, though I think we saw in the weeks leading up to it, you know, both in people we were talking to as well as just um, on the ground information that, yeah, Democrats were more organized, uh, more well-funded, and seemed to uh, want these elections a little bit more. Again, emphasizing that these were nominally nonpartisan contests, nominally, but, but, yeah. but, but both parties kind of dived in and had their own list and were very clearly trying to make it as partisan as possible. I remember, Dave, there used to be a time when Democrats would hide their affiliation on their mailers even when they come through your door because they knew they were going to get nowhere in Johnson County if you saw a Democrat next to their name. Is it time now for Republicans to ditch their party label on those campaign well, mailers because is that now a liability for them in well, Johnson I think County? The, if you look at the numbers, the number of registered Republicans in Johnson County is still higher than registered Democrats, although if you put Democrats and independents together, they outnumber, uh, if you will, Republicans. So the trend is very clear in Johnson County, whether, uh, and in most suburb, suburbs, I must say, not just Johnson County, but in suburbs across 
the country. Now, whether it's permanent or just cyclical isn't clear. Uh, my friend Kevin Yoder uh, used to tell me, no, this just happens every 25 years ago. There's a bit of a flip, so we'll see. Johnson County was always moderate Republicans. For, for years and years and years. And I think a lot of the people who live there, they might be fiscally conservative and therefore kind of maybe swing on a financial thought base uh, towards Republican leadership, but then they're socially more open and more diverse. It, Johnson County is increasingly diverse. What, one in five people now identify as being a person of color in Johnson County. One in 11 are foreign born in Johnson yes. County. So that, that has changed. But I want to go back to Pete's point about, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that go into it. It's never as clear cut as you might think. Let's look at these two races. In the areas most closely watched school board race in Blue Valley, every candidate demanding change who expressed concern about how perhaps race and gender issues were being injected into the classroom lost. They failed to pick up one seat. But contrary that to what happened in Prairie Village, uh, where council candidates upset over the loosening of housing rules, the building of more and more apartments, were big victors on election night, picking up at least four seats and possibly a fifth, which as we record this program is still too close a call. Is there a lesson here that, you know, perhaps housing, creating divides on housing is still a campaign winner? Uh, potentially. I, I would hesitate to draw any major electoral partisan conclusions about Prairie Village. That was a pretty idiosyncratic race, though I will say the lesson maybe for the city itself and some city officials is it does show the limits of um, at least rhetorical progressivism in a place like Prairie Village. Of course, that city has been um, branded as a little bit more liberal in the recent years, and it's, it's okay to uh, denounce people like J.C. Nichols. It's okay to uh, march and... and, 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 and uh, for, for an end to police uh, brutality, it's okay to uh, fly the pride flag, but when it comes to your property, yeah. when it comes to your home values... Except when it affects yeah. you directly, I, I you think these election results showed maybe the limits of that, and maybe that the, the, the residents weren't ready for that conversation. How, how do you explain that contrast that happened there, Pete? Oh, I think it's fascinating. Uh, Prairie Village, uh, hypocritical liberalism is alive and well, so that's a good thing. Uh, that was on full display. But on a serious note, it was very, it's a, it's a very niche bipartisan issue. Your home is your greatest asset for most yeah. Americans, and that crossed party lines. And to the credit of those running in Prairie Village, they were running as outsiders. Uh, they were called every name in the book, but they stuck to their issues. Talk about candidate quality. You had very high candidate quality. And then to tie it back to Blue Valley, two years ago, Blue Valley had some wins on some of the issues tied to COVID. So now the other side came out. They were much more motivated this time around after the wins two years ago um, that they they didn't like. And uh, you saw the other way, you know, have a much better night on Tuesday. So that's kind of what you saw in those two places. I'm going to return to Kansas in just a moment as we look at the longer term impact of what this could mean. But let's move quickly to Missouri, where voters were mainly voting on ballot questions in Clay County. Voters approved a fee to fund 911 response in Kansas City. Voters overwhelmingly said yes to keeping the buses rolling, but no love for an online tax going down in flames in Jackson County. Why, Dave? Well, anti-tax sentiment in eastern Jackson County is legendary, always has been, and that may have played a bit of a role. There was controversy at the courthouse over this. Uh, uh, Frank White, the county executive, did not endorse it. In fact, opposed the measure, so there was some confusion on that score, how the money would be spent. Uh, and there's just general anti-government sentiment in parts of Jackson County that's an important thing to keep our eyes I on. I also noticed that even Frank White's wife just before Election Day yes. was going on social media telling people to vote no because we don't know where the money's going to go. Uh, there's too much money. Don't do it. 
Which was interesting because she even said as a preface that I'm rarely on social media. So who did she think she was going to impact? She was probably just channeling Frank. Um, and that was part of it, just the confusion of it. And people just, when they're confused, they're not going to vote yes on an extra tax. One thing is the buses was a renewal, so you're not necessarily paying more, though you could pay less if it wasn't happening. This was going to be an increase. And it also didn't even mention online tax. This was a use tax. The language was a little confusing. It was eight lines, uh, no periods in the question. They kind of talked about infrastructure and the homeless and the people who could be homeless. And a lot of people in Jackson County are like, geez, with these assessments, we could all be homeless pretty soon. Yeah. So I think there was a lot of frustration. I had Quentin Lucas on my show Thursday. He admitted that anti-tax sentiment in the wake of the uh, assessments this summer certainly probably drove a lot of that outcome. And understandably, uh, people are not having it. So Jackson County's got to figure that out. But this is actually exactly the same voter base that will be deciding the future of a Royal Stadium potentially next year. Uh, should this be a worry for John Sherman? Should he be in panic mode this morning? Only if he puts himself on the ballot away from the Chiefs. If he ties himself to the Chiefs with a 3 cent extension, he's probably safe. This town will give the Chiefs whatever. If he goes out on his own in Clay or Jackson, he may have some trouble. Lots of stories this week about, oh, what the implications of that is to a potential Royals stadium vote. Should we be reading that much into uh, voters in Jackson County well, saying no know, to a use tax? One of the things we always learn, Nick, is that voters are extraordinarily smart. They, they, do, they are able, in Kansas and Missouri and most places, to sort out what ballot measures and candidates are really about. I'm always amazed by that. In this case, Eastern Jackson County is a problem for the Royals not just because of this vote, but because they don't want the stadium to move downtown. They prefer it at the Truman Sports Complex where it's easier to get to if you're in Lone Jack or Independence or Lee Summit or some of the Grandview other communities in, in, in Eastern Jackson County. So that's, you know, I'm sure that one of the reasons for the delay, which I continue to believe will extend into 2024, is the Royals' own polling is showing them that they're in trouble. Even with the Chiefs on the ballot, if the Chiefs are on the ballot, then you have to split the money and it doesn't really provide as much cash. And so it's very, very complex. And I think they're still reading the tea leaves uh, over at Kauffman Stadium. Absolutely. I mean, every good political consultant will tell you, read your tea leaves, listen to where the voters are, and move or don't move accordingly. And if anything, the issue that should really be in his head is how people reacted around the airport initially. Initially, the polling around that, they pulled back because it was so negative, this we love our little terminal the way it works. Now everyone sees what they've built and it's shifted a little bit, but there was a hold on that for very good reasons. Yeah, can I just say quickly, the airport, of course, involved no general tax yeah. increase. Yeah. The bus tax, which passed in Kansas City, no tax increase, Nick, as mm -hmm. you point out. The stadium measure would be a no tax increase proposal, too. So people may be, be able to see that in a way that they would not see other things. The other thing that John Sherman can do if he's so concerned about that Jackson County vote on that online sales tax, Pete, is to move to the stadium to Clay County. Uh, and to that North Kansas City site. But why has that been so quiet? We haven't heard anything about that for quite some time now. Have they given up on that? Well, from what I can gather and what I've heard, there's a big gap between what the Royals want in sales tax dollars <laughs> and uh, what the county's willing to give them. I've heard the Royals went up to a penny in sales tax. That's a huge number. Once again, it's currently three-eighths between two teams in Jackson, and county commissioners are only interested in maybe putting a half cent on the ballot. So that's, a, that's an enormous gap between those two sides. And the Royals may say to go to Clay, break the lease, go through all the legal processes around that, 
it may not be worth it. What about the implications of Tuesday's election on the Kansas side? Every election cycle, there are concerns that Democratic Congresswoman Sharice Davids will be picked off. Was Davids one of the big winners Tuesday night that in spite of having three Republicans already running against her, she doesn't have much to worry about now next year, Kyle? Well, I mean, I think, again, considering how she performed last year in a redrawn district that was putatively more red, um, she did even better than she did in 2020 um, in terms of the actual results. So I do, I do think Sharice Davis probably feels pretty comfortable right now, especially after the larger national results on Tuesday. We should also point out also, in addition to, to Sharice Davis, Laura Kelly won Johnson County last time around by more than 20 points. Again, when we think about Kansas being a Republican state, is it time to change the color of Johnson County and say it's no longer a red county? It is a blue one. I think it's a blue county. I mean, I don't know how you can look at the last four so what, years. What, what strategy change should Republicans be employing now, do you think? Well, here's the thing. I think that um, top of the ticket in 24 is going to play a big role in this. If you do have Donald Trump at the top of the ticket, mail it in, Sharice is rolling the re-election. I just think that especially next year, there's not much any third district candidate in Kansas is going to do that's going to change it when the top of the ticket is expected to be what we think it's going to be. I just think that that's going to be an issue for many suburban districts, as Dave talked about earlier. Were there any lessons for us here in the results of other elections this week across the country? In Ohio, a state won by Donald Trump in 2020, voters chose to enshrine the right to an abortion in its state constitution. Is there a lesson here for Republican leaders in Missouri, Dave Helling, as the effort continues to put a constitutional amendment on the ballot next year, giving Missourians the right well, to an abortion? Uh, yeah, obviously, not just Ohio, Nick, but the record is pretty clear that when uh, abortion is on the ballot, liberalization of abortion rules prevails and in, in every state Kansas was the first of course and now Ohio and I think that's why Jay Ashcroft and, and you know the Attorney General and others are fighting so hard to not give the people a voice on this issue because they understand not only is it likely that Missouri based on other states would approve such an amendment but in an election year a general election year it could really increase turnout if you put this on the ballot in november you're going to get turnout in suburban areas in missouri that you might not get otherwise and that could hurt republican prospects now is josh hawley in trouble no is a republican likely to be elected governor in missouri in 2024 the answer is yes but abortion is really a wild card in the state and i think ohio is yet further proof of that fact. Some Republicans this week saying that the Republicans should really just wave the white flag now on the abortion issue and concentrate on areas where they do better than Democrats, things like inflation, uh, immigration. Any evidence that Republican leaders in Missouri will take that tact? Not in Missouri. Um, it's going to, I mean, listen, this issue is now back to the states, which is where a lot of um, pro-lifers wanted it to be. And now you've got to accept the results at the state level. And that's what you're seeing uh, play out. Eight, eight times since Roe got overturned, abortion's been on the ballot in various states. Eight times, um, you know, the, the side against pro-life has won out. So that trend is happening in red states and blue states and purple states. And they're going to have to figure out an answer to it. Still not a done deal, of course, to put that on the ballot in Missouri next year. Aren't there still like 11 different ideas for what yes. that amendment should be? Yes, they're still arguing over language, whether it'll actually even make it onto the ballot. We'll see what happens going forward. But the lesson really to Republicans, though, is even broader than just this issue in and of itself. It's how they speak about abortion and women. Women, whether you're pro-choice, anti, we all know someone who's had an abortion. 
and we have these conversations amongst each other and we know that the how it occurs is not how we hear it spoken about by many politicians and that just turns people off blanket. What was interesting to me actually in the uh, Ohio vote is how many people reported to national newspapers like the Washington Post and New York mm -hmm. Times who said they are supporting Donald Trump in 2024 but they voted for that uh, abortion amendment to enshrine that into the Constitution. A little missing uh, because it didn't get as much attention uh, Kyle in Ohio also is that they also approved legalized marijuana recreational marijuana on this the anniversary of it passing in the state of Missouri, uh, is any of those, that voting going to change attitudes in the state of Kansas about that issue? One of the lone holdouts <laughs> still uh, on the You're issue of legalizing me, yeah. pot. Uh, uh, no. No? <laughs> I think, okay. I mean, I, don't, I think the powers that begin to peak is still a pretty a dead set against it. It is remarkable that yeah, Kansas is now surrounded by by states that have legalized it in some form or another. But um, it still remains, you know, an issue, um, at least in, in what we cover and the politicians that represent Johnson County uh, to, to, that go to Topeka. Certainly there are some Democrats who, who do make it a priority, but it still remains a rather fringe issue. And it's not something that, you know, with certainly with Medicaid expansion coming back up <laughs> and education yeah. funding uh, still taking a lot of the, of, the, of the oxygen in Topeka, I don't know how much heft it's going to have. And I know the leaders in Topeka don't, aren't, aren't behind it at all. Just a couple of quick things. First, I think it'll be interesting to see in Kansas whether the abortion vote in Ohio and other places will change the uh, taste, if you will, for further abortion regulations next year going into an election year. Whether the Johnson County uh, legislative delegation at the state level will shy away uh, from abortion because of these results. That'll be an interesting thing to see. And the other thing is, I think in Missouri, if there is a successful petition effort, you'll see a real push to try and put this on the ballot in August, not November, when you have a high Republican turnout for the the uh, primary involving the governor, maybe some other races. That's the trick they tried in Kansas. It backfired on them, but I think that will be the effort in Missouri. Just thinking about some of the other election trends, we had a number of viewers asking us about a turnout I saw in Kansas City, Missouri. It was a 10% in Johnson County. It was over 26%. So, now, now right? is, that, is yeah. that good or bad? That's very good. It's I very mean, good. I mean, okay. Two years ago, again, like apples to apples, another uh, odd year municipal election year, the, the final turnout ended up being about 25%, but that was with a much watched race for Overland Park mayor, so we thought that was great turnout. And then this year, without any like big city officials like that on the ballot, uh, it's still. Um surpass that. And it's a 26% now. They're still counting mail-in and provisional, so it's going to go up even more. Um, so um, I thought it was a great year for turnout in Johnson County. And how about 10% in Kansas City, Missouri? Was that good, Mary? Uh, I think it should have been expected. Um, I mean, there just weren't those big candidates that to, were on the ballot. It, it requires that issues. sort of competition to get people at the polls, and if there isn't that big... I think in that, you know, just the excitement yeah. of it, which plays into some of the misunderstandings about the usage tax. Um, you know, it just didn't drive people to the polls. Think that I will just note, too, in Kansas, um, up until I think 2017, they had these odd year elections in April. And I, look, I went back and looked at the trends. Turnout for those April odd year elections was like seven, eight, nine percent. When they shifted it to November, it did automatically go up. But even this year, I think was great turnout. I would also mention there were some mayors on the ballot, Olathe, Leewood, Lenexa. So it wasn't just. There was a line yeah, of my polling so, place. Yeah, 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 yeah. And in Leewood, they did yeah, pick a yeah, Republican. Yeah, yeah. 
uh, mayor versus yeah. one that was backed by Democratic candidates replacing Peggy Dan, who had been there forever. In, so there were uh, some big, so there, there were certainly some big ticket uh, items absolutely. on this election. Yes. Uh, in other election-related news, by the way, some people were bent out of shape this week that the Kansas City mayor chose to put his thumb on the scale on election day by endorsing candidates on the Kansas side of state line. Quinton Lucas tweeted out support for a slew of candidates in Johnson County, all of them Democrats. He quickly took the post down. But what is the motivation, Pete, for him to weigh in on races that have nothing to do with Kansas City? Ego. Um, you know, he views himself as a regional mayor. He sure does. Uh, and, and listen, no one was waiting for his endorsement in Johnson County, right? But it allows him to say, look at what I'm doing. Look, oh boy, people are going my way. So it's all a, it's a play for, I think, part of his future, you, which could be a regional yes. play. You, you weren't thinking he was secretly going to be running for Kansas governor next time around, Kyle. Well, in all the forms that we did, Quint Lucas's name did not come up once. It's, it's, <laughs> so I'll just, okay, right. I'll, just, I'll just put that fact there. So I, that's, but, that's my real But is this, does this say something about what he views as his next step, possibly in the Biden administration, or possibly with the Democratic National Committee? Yeah, if I had a nickel for every uh, okay. White House, yeah, uh, yeah. proposal for a Kansas City mayor, I'd be a rich man, which I am not. But what, why, why, why antagonize that, people unnecessarily, though, when you don't well, have to? Well, I think people understand he's a Democrat. He wants Democrats yeah. to win, and that's, you know, he puts his finger in the in yeah. the. I don't think he should have done it, but, I mean, it's not surprising um, that he would go that direction in some ways. It was not a smart move to put it out there. But I think he does think regionally. You have to. You cannot be the mayor of KCMO and not understand that you're deeply impacted by everything that happens in the suburbs. Yeah, but listen, the guy's got 160 homicides this year. He was just in Germany. Last year, he made a t there was news that, that uh, prominent businesses are want out of Kansas City. It's like you got, a, you got taxpayers that are worried about what's going on in potholes in their own town. Stay out of Johnson County. Yeah, but on the other hand, he won unopposed time. in Kansas City, uh, so that's, somebody uh, likes uh, him. Uh, uh, as Pete points out, Lucas did fly back to Kansas City just ahead of Election Day after spending the better part of a week with the Chiefs in Frankfurt. In fact, pretty much every big political, civic and sports leader was in Germany for the big game, including Kansas Governor Laurie Kelly. And in addition to the on-field action, they got to tour a 14th century castle and take a river cruise. Now, who paid for all of that? Was that us, Pete? The uh, Chamber of Commerce through some company that I don't remember. Bayer Pharmaceuticals, there you go. There you which go. has a headquarters in Kansas City. Did anybody care about that? No, I mean, I think everybody is so caught up in Chiefs mania that the they don't uh, whatever criticism there might have been of uh, Quentin and others going, uh, Lucas going, is uh, muted. Well, but I do think uh, within a certain demographic, you know, people who could never even fathom traveling internationally are a little graded. They're like, okay, wait, I'm having trouble paying my grocery bill. Why'd all y'all go over there? There's, there's gonna be a bit of that. Does it play out ever long term? I doubt it, but it's there. When you put a show like this together every week, you can't get to every story grabbing the headlines. What was the big local story we missed? Victory in Germany, now the Chiefs get a break. It's bye week, by the way, with nearly 10 million viewers, it was the most watched international game in NFL history. Sporting KC continues its playoff run, beating St. Louis and heading to the Western Conference semi-finals. An Israeli flag has already been stolen from the Sister Cities Bridge on the plaza. Now an Israeli flag stripped and defaced from a flagpole at a Jewish fraternity at KU. I mean, honestly, it's just disheartening. I've experienced it my entire life. Meanwhile, the Blue Valley School District also crying foul over hate signs, this time in a bathroom at Blue Valley High School, the same school where a swastika was found on the side of the football stadium on Martin Luther King Day. You can't just look at a threat and just brush it off. We're not gonna do that. 
KCI and a new management, it's the first week on the job for Melissa Cooper, the first woman to serve as the city's aviation director. And one of her first tasks might be figuring out how to stop car thefts at the new airport. A new star report finds auto thefts are up significantly. 70 cars stolen from KCI lots since the start of the year. Expect crowds as large as any Whataburger opening. The new Whole Foods finally opens in Overland Park on Wednesday. Previous store openings see people waiting in line for up to three hours. And is it going to be six flags over worlds of fun? We're still waiting for more details on that new amusement park mega merger that will see Kansas City's largest theme park gobbled up by six flags. All righty, Pete Mundo, did you pick one of those stories or something completely different? We talk a lot about Republican losses on Tuesday. I get it. But in Wyandotte County, city councils uh, and school boards, Republicans had a great night. That may be part of the national shift we're seeing in national polling as well, where uh, more minority folks are looking at Republican Party uh, candidates. I think that's worth looking into. And you didn't mention People magazine naming Travis Kelsey its sexiest athlete in America. No, that because wasn't it should have been you. That's that was, should have okay, been you. All right, all right, thank you. Kyle, what did you put down? The Travis Kelsey, Lee Woods, sexiest. Okay, right, right, right. <laughs> that's true. Um, we talked a lot about elections. I will just say it's a story because it wasn't a story, and that is just how smooth, once again, the election administration was in Johnson County, again, with record-setting turnout. Hardly any whiffs of any problems. Just compliments to all the volunteers who worked on election day. You're absolutely day. right. On programs like this, we only talk about things when they're problems and not when things go right. So that's a very good one. Mary. Bits of what you did point out there. Uh, we have had, within this past week, a Kansas City Public Library event was canceled last week due to a protest over with Palestinian um, protesters and it feeling like they weren't being heard. Cleaver's office. There was protesters there. We've had protests down at Mill Creek. We have a very, very vibrant, long-standing, important Jewish community here. We also have an Arab American community. And I think people just need to pay attention to what is occurring um, and listen to them. Everyone is so traumatized. That needs to be given some thought. It's causing a lot of division, even in families Absolutely. in Kansas City. Dave. Kansas City is apparently getting a women's professional volleyball franchise, which we should mention because it shows the ascendance, A, of volleyball, which is actually drawing some pretty big crowds at the collegiate level, and then women's sports, which we've talked about on this show. I still think Kansas City should be efforting, as you, uh, in, to use that verb, uh, WNBA franchise. I think that that's much more likely than an NBA franchise and would uh, draw big crowds. I have my fingers crossed for the new Kansas City professional darts team coming to Kansas City. <laughs> Hopefully that will be coming in our, in our future at T-Mobile Center. And on that we will say our week has been reviewed thanks to my colleague Mary Sanchez and 6 to 10 weekdays on Talk Radio 95.7 FM KCMO Pete Mundo. From the Shawnee Mission Post, Kyle Palmer and former star news hound Dave Helling and I'm Nick Haynes from all of us here at Kansas City PBS. Be well, keep calm, and carry on.